Income Tax Podcast with Mike Grinning. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artists, makers, and content creators where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram, I'm at MikeBone, or on my website, which is MikeBrennan.me. Hey, I'd love for you to stop by DailyCreativeHabit.com. I've created several resources with you in mind as a creative person. First, there's a link to our free private Facebook group called Daily Creative Habit. It is filled with creatives of all types who have raised their hands to say, I want to show up more consistently for my creativity and craft. And so if that's you, we would love to see you as part of this group. There's also a link to receive our free Daily Creative Habit email newsletter. This goes out twice a week and is filled with resources and inspiration and daily prompts for you as a creative person to make sure that you keep showing up every single day for your creativity. And lastly, there's a link out to the new Daily Creative Habit Guided Creativity Journal. And this is something that I'm really excited about because it's a 90-day journey that you can go on that guides you to plan and show up for your creativity and help you track and help you measure and figure out exactly what it is that you want to do and how you want to do it. This is available right now through Amazon.com. Hey friends, it has been a very busy summer here for me. I have been traveling a lot. Uh, I spent a week in Wisconsin speaking at an event called That Conference, which was uh, amazing. Got to meet some new friends and come alongside some people in the tech industry and talk about creativity in light of what they do, how they process, and uh, it was just an amazing time. And then I also just got back recently from a trip where I helped someone uh, kind of travel across country a little bit, uh, a Midwest um, road trip, if you will. Traveled from Nashville, Tennessee, through Kentucky, through Illinois, through Missouri, Kansas, and finally into Colorado near Denver, where the final destination was. And along the way, stopping and seeing various roadside attractions, I guess you could call them. <laughs> I don't really know what else to say. Uh, there was the giant Czech egg, uh, which was, uh, I think that was in Missouri. Uh, I, I, it kind of all bleeds together right now, so my apologies, uh, my apologies if, if some of the information there <laughs> is a little murky. But uh, anyway, got to go to the uh, Wizard of Oz Museum, which was in Kansas, that much I know, um, and a few other things along the way, a giant easel that had uh, this, this canvas on it that was a um, reproduction of a Van Gogh painting. And uh, that was in Kansas as well. And just some really cool things along the way. Um, just getting out of the usual environments. Sometimes you really need that to inspire you and to remind you that your experience, your daily experience and your routines aren't the only things that are out there. And it's good to have a little pattern interrupter to experience some new things and to see some new things and to think new thoughts. So uh, I always encourage to travel wherever you can, even if it is a road trip or simply visiting a neighboring state, um, whatever you can do to get out of your normal routines. 
But through the course of this, I have also been reading some different books and encountering some other materials that uh, I want to bring to you today something that, well, it comes from this book from Mitchell Resnick called Lifelong Kindergarten. And I just love that title. You know, the thought about lifelong kindergarten uh, always being in this state of kind of childlike wonder and approaching things with that mindset and outlook. Uh, and this, of course, has a lot to do with creativity and play. And so in this topic, I had just really loved reading this book and hearing what so far, uh, I'm still reading this book, you know, but so far what I have encountered in this book, and it has challenged me thinking in terms of creativity, not just in thinking, okay, everyone is creative. I've said that before. I really do truly believe that everyone is creative. But Mitchell points out this, um, this challenge in thinking about creative learning, not necessarily just creativity for itself or using that as an adjective for someone, um, but thinking in terms of creative learning. And what I mean by that and what he means by that is that there's kind of this these uh, four principles that he talks about in this book and emphasizes in setting yourself up to have an environment that fosters creativity and engagement and to have an effective learning experience uh, centered around creativity. So someone might argue and say, well, I'm not creative. I encounter a lot of people like that, right? They say, well, it's easy for you to talk about creativity because you are a visual artist, because you were a musician at one time, because you've had all these creative pursuits and endeavors. It's who you are. It's what you've been doing since you were a kid. But I don't have anything like that in my life. My life doesn't look like that. And so that is a point in the conversation which I usually say, you know, I believe we're all creative. It's just a matter of how that creativity shows up. And for some people, it shows up in how they organize or in how they create systems, how they um, maybe decorate a home, maybe how they arrange their schedule or the, create the life that they want to lead. Um, there are so many different ways that creativity can show up and to just simply put it in a box that has to do with visual art or music, performing arts, anything of the kind of uh, more obvious expressions of art, I think really does everyone a disservice um, because then you're not engaging with your own creativity because you're not thinking you're creative, nor do you have this ability then to think about it in terms of, well, how can creativity help me create the things I want to create and, and have the life I want to live and, and the kind of work that I want to do? What is the impact there? Um, when people say they're not creative, they're giving themselves an out, uh, which does themselves a disservice. And so this thought of creative learning is interesting because everyone can learn. Everyone is always in a state of learning when they're encountering new information, when they need to engage in a new process. Um, there is always something new to understand and to learn. And so I think that basis 
automatically is inclusive. No one can say, well, I'm not in that category. I'm not learning anything. I can't learn anything. Um, and to think about this in terms of creativity is interesting because to set yourself up with an environment that fosters creativity, that encourages creative learning, that all of a sudden becomes a different conversation. And so from this book, I'm processing this uh, with these four P's that um, Mitchell Resnick uh, cites in his book. And the first one is projects. Now, this principle focuses on the importance of kind of like hands-on project-based learning. And so uh, people would be engaged in creating, you know, tangible projects that would allow them to explore concepts, solve problems, and and, and have a place to express their ideas. Um, you know, these projects may be open-ended or they may encourage critical thinking and collaboration, but there's something that is uh, a container, if you will, a project that, that has parameters to it. And so, um, you know, an example of this might be, you know, if there are a group of students who are working together to design, let's say, uh, you know, a solar powered vehicle. Um, this project, they might learn about renewable energy. They might need to uh, employ engineering principles. And certainly they have to work together, you know, work on teamwork while they're creating this prototype that they want to um, present as, as part of their project. And so all these things are coming together to create a learning, a creative learning experience. Um, it is a project, it is time bound usually, it, is, uh, it has parameters, um, and so it's very specific. What is the thing that you're setting out to do? What is the problem that you want to solve? Um, and so that's the first thing that uh, Mitchell talks about in Lifelong Kindergarten is this idea of you know, needing projects to come around. And that is the thing at which helps us with our creative learning. Uh, the second thing is passion. And he says, you know, it's not enough just to have a project, uh, something, a problem that you're trying to solve. Because obviously, if you don't care about this problem, you're really not going to be invested in the process. Uh, and so passion, it, it centers on allowing the person to pursue their interests and their passions, the things that they're really uh, curious about, right? Um, because when someone's engaged in, in something that they're really curious about, that they're interested in, um, then they're gonna be curious about the results. They're gonna be curious about what's possible. They're gonna be motivated to learn and to explore and to potentially innovate more. Um, because there's simply this built-in interest and which can lead to uh, passion, right? Uh, we all have different things that we're passionate about. Uh, sometimes, you know, you get talking with someone on a topic and their face lights up, their countenance changes. Um, you can tell that you've struck on something at which they care deeply about. Um, an example of this might be, you know, someone, let's say someone has an interest for marine biology um, and they're spending time outside of maybe a, a classroom environment or some of the learning environment and they're researching marine 
ecosystems or they're conducting experiments and volunteering at a local aquarium or or someplace to get hands-on experience um, they're reading books they're viewing all sorts of materials and feeding their knowledge um, and and their quest for knowledge because they have an interest uh, for you it might be visual art or music it might be uh, a business that you're trying to establish uh, you know entrepreneurship it could be um, you know, any number of things that you're passionate about, baking and just even living the life that you want to live, uh, creating that life, uh, being intentional about that, uh, places that you might want to live, um, people that you might want to work with. All these different things could be sources of passion for you to explore. And so it's having your project, uh, having something, you know, a problem you're trying to solve, but then it's also having a passion for that topic, for that subject matter, because that is going to fuel your curiosity. Um, the third thing is peers. And Mitchell talks about the importance of you know, having peers that you can collaborate with as this aspect of learning. Because when you're learning, especially in a group of peers, you're interacting with people, you're sharing ideas, you're receiving feedback, you're learning how to navigate uh, feedback and you know give it and receive it. And this can really lead to enhanced creativity and a deeper understanding of the concepts at which you're wrestling with. Um, and you know, quite honestly, learning from other people fosters a sense of community too, right? Um, because you have people there with different perspectives and different outlooks, different experiences. And so you have a much richer learning opportunity and experience. Um, and when this is all centered around, again, looking for creative ways um, to solve problems, to engage with something, you may stumble upon an idea because someone else, they have an experience around it. And you would never arrive at that on your own. And so if you simply were someone who goes off and works by yourself and doesn't engage with people in the creating process or in the creative learning process, then you're really missing out on an opportunity to have a richer, fuller experience and also come upon solutions and ideas um, that you would not come to normally. This is why brainstorming meetings are so important uh, because People are throwing out their ideas and, you know, in brainstorming sessions, there's no bad idea. This is simply just a time to collect ideas and concepts and things are just written down and they're assessed afterwards. Um, there's a revision process, of course, that goes on. But in the beginning, it's, hey, let's all just pitch in. Let's all contribute to this conversation and give our own perspectives here because we don't know which one might be the best solution. Uh, and we also don't know what idea might spark another idea. So, um, you know, an example of this might be, you know, a writing workshop where maybe there's a, an aspiring author who comes uh, and, and shares their work with, that's in, in process, right? Um, they're providing an opportunity for feedback and, um, you know, to really just learn from other people's writing techniques and storytelling approaches and understand their place in things as well as where there's opportunity to grow and what ideas may be 
helpful in filling in some of the gaps or places where people are stuck in their own process uh, and in their own work. So, um, you know, starting with the, you know, number one, again, is, is projects, two is passion, three is peers, and four, finally, this is, this is my favorite, play. Now, playfulness and experimentation, I talk about this all the time because this really is at the heart of creativity. Um, when you're trying to tap into something that is different, that is unique, that is maybe innovating, um, you need to be able to do so in a way where there's freedom, where you're not bogged down by thinking that's, you know, this is the way we've always done it, um, or the pressures and constraints of, you know, being efficient and productive and all the things that are necessary and important in a process. But this is also important to have a place where you can simply play, experiment, where you have some freedom. Um, it's creating an environment where, you know, you can learn and feel comfortable about trying new things, taking risks and exploring without the fear of failure, um, because this encourages creative thinking and innovation. If you're too worried about failing, you won't even start. If you're too worried about taking risks, then you're never going to try things that you've never tried before. Um, you need to be able to have a place to do this, to explore, to play, to break things, to just see what happens, to ask questions of what if. Um, now, you know, I've seen this even in, in some conversations recently, as I said, uh, that tech conference that I went to, that's called That Conference, and uh, speaking with a lot of, of people who are programmers and um, who are in an industry that is outside of what I am familiar with, um, they still have a place where they need to experiment and play. You know, an example would be like a coder uh, who's in a workshop where participants are, you know, they're given a set of challenges to solve the, a problem using programming skills. And, um, you know, they have to approach that task with a playful mindset, trying different code snippets and, and experimenting until they achieve the desired outcome that they're looking for. Uh, it, it's a lot of trial and error. And there are some things that can happen that can be pretty cool. Um, there were... Uh, there were a lot of younger kids there and they had this, this kind of robotics program that was going on. And to see these um, younger kids who were really passionate and playful <laughs> about um, taking these controllers and, you know, these students had this, this uh, BB-8 um, character, you know, from Star Wars. Um, and he was rolling around in this kind of, I guess it was a Jeep or some kind of vehicle. And they had it remote controlled and they had wired this thing and they had done the the uh, coding that was necessary for some interaction and they were going around the vendor tables and collecting some of the swag right some of the buttons and the pins and the ribbons and things and so each vendor table had the opportunity to kind of place something on this bb8 and on this vehicle as these kids went by with this um creation that they had and uh, it was really cool it was playful and they were learning things 
about collaborating with each other and about um, the actual source code and the mechanics and engineering, uh, things that, that certainly are, are beyond what my experiences have been. Um, but you could tell they were really into it. And this was something that was feeding all these uh, boxes that we talked about, right? It was a project that they had. Um, they were passionate about it. They were with their peers trying to develop and collaborate. And, and there was a sense of play. There was a sense of, hey, let's try and do these things. And, and what did they do? They, they made it an experience for other people so that as this robot um, went down in, in the vehicle, down the aisle, across the vendors and, and with the participants and attendees at this conference, it created this, this really cool moment where people wanted to take pictures with it and um, wanted to experience you know, the, the robot and the, the vehicle to come by them so they could take a closer look. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily have to be something that is this huge monumental thing that we're trying to create, but this type of thing can lay the groundwork for some amazing things that come. Um, and, you know, this is kind of a, a, a process, uh, these four P's, that's not really just isolated to work things. It's not simply just a professional framework to overlay. Um, but really what we're talking about here is, is, is a, um, an effective creative learning experience for people that encourages them to engage with creativity and critical thinking and collaboration and honestly to fall in love with learning so that it is a lifelong process that you continue to invest in yourself. You continue to learn new skills and learn new information so that you can apply this creatively. You can get the results that you want to get and discover things that maybe other people have, have yet to discover. Um, and when you incorporate these things into educational settings or um, in, in work complex uh, situations, you know, these are the things that, that can really help level up uh, environments, help level up individuals, and help us tap into a creativity that perhaps we have yet to experience. Um, there's, there's never a time when we use up creativity. It's not like everyone's given a certain amount and then you use that up for your life and that's it, you're done. Um, there's always more to experience. There's always more to use, to learn. It's like a muscle. And the more that you flex this creative muscle, the more that you have available and the more you're able to do and access. And so thinking about these four P's and this process and framework, if you will, uh, to move through so that there's an intentional creative learning environment that fosters this creativity, that helps you uh, engage with this more intentionally. And you can do this in the workplace, you can do this uh, at home, you can do this in a, in a school or learning environment. Um, and I think that's the beauty of this. And so if you're interested in learning more about this, uh, you want to read specifically for yourself some more of the thoughts from Mitchell Resnick, uh, you can pick up his book, Lifelong Kindergarten. And um, I encourage you to marinate in these thoughts as well. Think about how you can apply them to your context. Think about your own creativity. 
Think about your objections to your own creativity and what does that make you think about when I say you are creative? Many of you, because this is a creative podcast, it's creative chats, right? You've come here because you have an interest in creativity. You, pr you probably see yourself as a creative person, but have you ever thought about the creative learning experience? Um, have you thought about it in terms of something that you can step outside of and it isn't just this intuitive thing that you do, but something that you can be intentional about in setting up these kind of environments, uh, whether it's for yourself or for the people around you. Uh, and if you're someone who doesn't necessarily think of yourself as, as a creative person, then I hope that this challenges you to think about creativity in different terms and not so much the art music and again, uh, the, the expressive arts, the, the performing arts, but more so in terms of problem solving, critical thinking, um, maybe some more of the, the logical um, problem solving and um, creative uses. Um, not so much just the, the heartfelt creative expression and self-expression. Uh, certainly creativity is a big word and it encompasses a lot of things. And I do believe that we all have a place within it. And it's learning to understand more of our context of creativity so that we can apply it more regularly and with more intention. And so uh, I hope this has spurred some thoughts for you, some challenges, and um, I would love to know what you think. Uh, feel free to stop over on Instagram. I'm at Mike Bone, shoot me a DM. Uh, you can certainly um, shoot me a message from my website, mikebrennan.me. And uh, until next time, think about these things. Think about this four part process, projects, passion, peers, play. Think about your place in it and how you can set about doing these things intentionally. And of course, as I always end these solo episodes, my challenge to you is go create something. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others.